You're listening to Siren Radio with me, Andrew David. Lots of caveats before we get going. First of all, last weekend, the US sprung forward. So that threw all my timings out because I normally record this at around about four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. I can't do that this week for all sorts of reasons. So we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. That's Wednesday, the 16th of March. But we're not recording it at around about quarter to four, four o'clock. We're recording it at quarter to three, three o'clock for us here because it's they've leapt forward. They've sprung forward and springing, leaping like a young gazelle, like what he is, should be our friend and colleague, Bruce K. Rosenblum. Are you there? I am so confused. Well, I don't have <laughs> I don't have any clue as to what you just told everybody, but I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what day it is. Yes, but the other Anybody thing is, care? You, you, well, I do, because you've been up uh, super early because your Congress, in fact, the whole of America that was watching, has heard a speech. It's the first time somebody has done this like this. And it's the president of Ukraine. You had to get up for six o'clock your time to hear it. Tell me what it was like. Yeah, it was um, it was uh, first of all, it was very emotional, I thought. Um, and it was true, true. It's the first time that a world leader has spoken virtually to a joint session of the U.S. Congress. And um, we were expecting Joe Biden to speak probably in the next hour or so to respond to to the pleas that uh, Vladimir Zelensky made. Um, as you know, he, he spoke to the British Parliament to, to a standing ovation. Uh, I think last week, and he spoke just the other day to the Canadian Parliament, and we received a standing ovation. And um, and, and it also happened here; he received two standing ovations, once before he spoke, and then once after he spoke. And um, it was an emotional plea. I mean, you know, it, it, it's like we were, we were talking before. Some people are, are are born leaders, and some are born to lead, and. Uh, you know, I don't know which category he falls into, but he certainly has risen to the occasion and he's he's meeting the moment, as as you say, and uh, he's he's doing it the right way. And he's a, a pillar of strength. He's an inspiration to the world. He's fighting for peace and democracy and for, for decent people to, to live their lives. And like he said, um, you know, people just deserve the chance to, uh, for their time to end when it's when it's supposed to happen naturally, not because of bombs falling from the sky. And um, he did the first. He's, he's, he probably he probably um, customizes these things as any good salesperson would, who's making a, a plea to, for for some rather large um, for rather large asks from the, from from countries around the world. Uh, but um, the first he his first part of his speech was was in Ukrainian, and then he showed a video, kind of a contrasting how Ukraine was before. Um, the war started three weeks ago versus the, the the imagery that we're seeing since since the war started, and it's um it's a stark contrast, and it's very emotional and it's very disturbing, and and uh, and then he he brings up um and he asks people to remember about issues that have impacted our own country. He he quotes from Martin Luther King and from the I've Got a Dream speech. He he, he asked people to remember what happened uh, when our skies got dark and cloudy over Pearl Harbor and, and what happened in, on 9-11 when, when um, bombs dropped from the sky, when the airplanes crashed through the buildings and, and, and killed thousands of innocent people, which is what's happening in Ukraine now. And, you know, it's a very emotional plea. And he asked for um, no-fly zones and he asked for more military aid. 
um, which, which you'll get. I don't know. I, you know, I think people are starting to change their mind about the no fly zone thing. I think that, you know, I don't know how much longer people can sit back and watch this, these atrocities without saying, you know, enough is enough already. You know, let's, you know, it's almost to the mindset of Putin wants it. Let's give it to him. You know, if he wants, if he wants World War III, let's give it to him. Let's in, in a way call his bluff. Although there, we, we all know there's no bluffing a madman, but. You just you just get that you get so angry and so fired up you just want to say you know the heck with it let's just do it and then help these people how much longer can we sit back and watch this and um, and then anyway to get back to his speech so he starts in Ukrainian he shows the video and then he addresses the Congress in English and you know all, all the elements together make for a very compelling and very emotional speech and you know how can you not get behind this guy of course he thanked. United States for all it's done, and he's thanked um, Biden for his, his for for putting the alliances together, and and he thanked him for his leadership. But he said, you know, now it's time for Joe Biden to really step up and and not just be, um, a, you know, a leader, but be a leader of the world. And being a leader of the world means to be a leader of peace. And you know, Biden, I guess, is going to Europe later this week or early next week to. Um, to meet with the allies and to and to and and, and to, to 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 figure out what the next moves are, but um, this really is a moment for Joe Biden. I mean, Biden can really, you know, his his numbers are coming back from what they say, and this is a really his moment to it's it's within his grasp to to change you know the course of his whole presidency and how he's perceived, and um, and I think he can I think he can be that that world leader and be that leader of peace. And, and, and be the person that, that has stepped up and, 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 and help, you know, bring this, this conflict to an end and hopefully peacefully. But, um, you know, it's a pretty large task, but, um, you know, I, you know, I have, I have all the confidence in the world that a guy whose heart is in the right place, like Joe Biden's can, can pull this off. And I think yeah. the important thing is with somebody like President Zelensky, um, Day after day after day, showing that he is still there. There was a report today, just a reminder, you're listening to American Cousins. I've got to do this as a caveat. It's Wednesday the 16th. We normally record this on Thursday. Here in the UK, it's coming up to three o'clock. So if anything changes when you listen to this, that's the context in which we're listening. Uh, there are some reports that uh, the president's family is still with him in Kiev. Um, and the um, enormous amount of passion that the Ukrainians have to save the country they love is just a hu humbling to the point where could I do this? Could I be on the, the lines with a gun? I suspect led by somebody like President Zelensky. Yes, I would, although I'd probably be in some sort of semi-passive role doing a sort of radio broadcast to help you know, keep people's spirits up and things like that. This is different. It's interesting um, you use the word talking to the allies because this takes us way back to the Second World War when we're talking in those sorts of terms. And, of course, the exodus from Ukraine, which is so painful to watch on our television screens, is of, of that scope. It's, it's, it, we haven't seen an exodus like that of refugees since the Second World War. And this is 2021. What are we doing? It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to wrap your head around what's going on in the world in this day and age with all of the, uh, instantaneous communication and relations and, 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 uh, 
and partnership, global partnerships and, and things that, that, that are, that are available to all of us and advances, like we've talked about advances in medicine, advances in technology, advances um, in areas where we should be working together to build a better world that's got cleaner air and cleaner water and good food for people to eat. You know, it's, it makes, this makes absolutely no sense. It's, it goes against the grain of everything that we've been, been taught. And, um, and, you know, and every, and, and, and they always say that you should learn from your experience. And we, we've seen what's happened. We've seen, you know, what war does and, and how and the destruction of war. And, and it's not a pretty thing. I mean, war should not be glorified. It's not pretty. It's ugly. No, and the atrocities that they showed on this video were just gruesome and, and, and horrible. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. But as you say, you know, you can't imagine yourself doing it, but you imagine, but, but your, your relatives, your, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, they did it in World War II. Mm. Did anything they had to do. I mean, you were, you told me about family members who were, you know, doing, doing things that were ex- extraordinary during, during well, World War II. My, my grandmother never drove in her life, yet she took up the call to drive an ambulance during the Blitz. She never drove again after that. She just drove the ambulance because that's what people needed. It was yeah. quite unbelievable, breathtaking. Yeah, people don't realize what, what the resolve that they have. And, and, and when they dig down and, and take a hard look at themselves, what they're capable of doing. And when your country is under fire like that, I mean, I can't imagine picking up a rifle and, and going and, and, and doing that. But if, if this country were, I, I, I do remember how I felt after 9-11. And I told Jackie, I said, you know, I want to go down to my nearest recruiting office and I want to sign up and I want to go fight because uh, I'll be darned if anybody is going to, um, you know, take away, you know, what, what this country has established over the, the past 200 years. You know, it, what, what we have here is, is precious and, you know, and it's fragile and it needs to be protected at all costs. And I think that when, when, when all of a sudden your, your friends and your family are, are being jeopardized by, by bombs and bullets, you do what you have to do. And I don't think you think about it. It's like, it's like, you know, I think I told you the story about when I saved that woman's purse when I was yep. in my twenties, you know, I didn't, I didn't have time to think about it and process it. I just reacted and did it. And that's what these people are doing. They're reacting and they're, and they're rising up to the call of their president saying, you know, we're, you know, he, he's right. What's happening is an attack on Ukraine, but it's an attack on all the democracies of the world. It's an attack on your democracy. It's an attack on my democracy. And, and you fight and you do what you have to do. And um, I think, I think that's the nub of it, isn't it? Because what he's doing is he's rallying the troops in the sense of, and it's not just the, the, those who are signed up, but everybody to do something practical whilst all of this stuff that you can't influence, the, the diplomacy and the sanctions and things that other people are doing also has an effect. And it's that dichotomy because you wanted to go out and sign up after 9-11. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people can, can understand that. What we've actually just started to touch on in this country is, and in fact, I did an interview with the leader of our local council, uh, New York, uh, uh, North Gaston District Council, because they're, they're appealing for people to offer their houses 
uh, for refugees coming into this country. And so far across the country uh, today, I think the number was 100,000 people have always been registered to say, yes, we'll take them. Uh, we had a former footballer, um, a Ukrainian footballer who used to play for, I think it was Chelsea, this morning saying he's getting 100 of his friends to sign up in order to have houses in this country ready for when they, they come into this country. And I know you and Jackie have both said, you know, if they make it across uh, whichever way they come round to the United States, you too would want to do something. And that's the way you feel you can practically get involved without actually taking up arms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's I mean, this is. I mean, this attack on Ukraine, I mean, Ukraine basically is, sim is a symbol, it's a metaphor for the rest of us, right? It's yeah. when you say Ukraine, you're, you're talking about Britain, you're talking about France, you're talking about the United States, you're talking about any free, you know, free country in the world that enjoys, you know, being ruled under a democracy where, you know, the, the people have a voice in, in their government. I mean, look what's happening. Look what Putin's doing. I mean, he's putting 15 year sentences on all these protesters. That have, that have come out against the war and they've got over 15,000 people that have been arrested there. So they're going to put 15,000 people away for 15 years. I, I think the people that are doing this are betting. They're hedging their bets and they're saying, you know what? Go ahead. Put us away. See, see if we serve 15 years in your, in your prison. I, I think there, I think this whole thing is going to backfire on him. It's going to backfire in Russia. Um, you had that, you know, it, it I think um, there, there's more to come within that country. I, I, it, it, this is just the beginning of, of, of an implosion of, of Russia, in my opinion. I think that, that Putin misplayed his hand. And not only is, he gonna, is it going to backfire on him in the, in the battlefield, but it's going to backfire on him at home. Um, these sanctions are starting to take hold. They're starting to choke off the, the, the Russian people. Um, the, the citizenry is... You know, they don't know what to believe anymore. They don't, you know, they, they know that their, their state government is, is, it's all propaganda. And it's, it's, it's starting to, it's starting to, the, the truth is starting to bubble up in there. And, um, and, and, and we're going to see a lot more internal strife popping out of, of, of that country. I mean, again, can you imagine being arrested for protesting, um, th this invasion and, and then being given 15 years? You know, and, and it's 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 crazy, and I, and I just think that the Ru the Russian people are, are are just you know making the bet that they're they're never going to serve any bit of that fifteen years that this is all going to implode. But and then there was that 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 journalist on, on I was Russia. about to say with the yeah, sign in the back of the TV presenter. Yeah, uh, and then she went missing for a while, and then all of a sudden she's resurfaced, and apparently she's she's uh, she's now being represented by a lawyer. But you know where you know where that's headed. I mean, she's going to be shipped off somewhere for, for 15 years and you'll never to be heard from again. But, you know, I, I think you're going to start to see, you know, more and more of the, the Russian people get a little bit more brazen and, and start to say enough is enough with this. And I think that um, I think they're going to turn they're going to turn on Putin. But but the, the key is to, you know, you know, not for Ukraine, not to give in and not to, you know, not to have have this thing end. Because I think the longer this drags, the worse the worse it gets for um, the worse it gets for Putin. Well, we we could go on talking about this for for a long time, and no doubt lots of people are over coffee, over drinks, or whatever. Um, but there is a little hint of good news for us in the United Kingdom. I don't know whether it's percolated through because you've had the excitement uh, and 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 the the joy of seeing President Zelensky address both houses uh, in in your Parliament. But we've just heard, and I don't know whether you've you've been following this, um, the plight of uh, Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe 
who was imprisoned uh, in Iran six years ago, um, and she had a, a then a, a very young child with her, um, and she was separated from her husband, from the child. Her, her parents had to bring the child up. And the British government has been trying desperately for the last six years uh, to have her released. The news today on Wednesday, the 16th of March uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon is, in fact, I can probably say that she's still in the air. She's flying back. She is and several others have been released. So she's about to be reunited with her British husband and uh, no doubt with uh, with her daughter, having lost six years of probably the most important part of her daughter's life. But um this is a sort of slight green shoot of hope that um, in some senses can bring some relief to to a, a news agenda, which is just relentlessly crowded with a, a jaw-dockingly awful things that are happening to our friends and our colleagues in Ukraine. And completely differently, you have some good news about sport in the United States that we can perhaps chat about for a couple of yeah, minutes. Yeah, well, the, the baseball strike finally ended and the teams reported to spring training, which has been abbreviated this year. And then the season will start on time and things will be, you know, as they were. Right now, the free agent market is is going bananas with all these players <laughs> that were eligible to seek better deals and new teams. So that's going on. And, uh, you know, we'll see we'll see where it goes. But, you know, there's so many other crazy, crazy things happening around here. I got to tell you, we are now seeing because the gas prices are so high, we're oh, now seeing man. we are now seeing people steal gas from other people's cars. You're joking? No, I'm not joking. So what they'll do is at night they'll sneak up to somebody's car parked on the street, drill a hole into the gas tank, and then siphon gas out of somebody's car. And and that's pretty dangerous because if you wow if drilling, yes if you, because if you know if you have a drill and you're drilling those drills heat up, and if you're not drilling right into the into the to the liquid and you're in a gas tank that's only half full, you know there's fumes in there and when those fumes get hot, you know what can happen the things Kaboom. can explode. Yeah, so it's it's crazy, but there's been a lot of that going on. We've had these things called street takeovers where people these gangs take over the streets at night, and they do all these like things with their cars where they do these 360 donuts by going, you know, revving them up really fast. And people are hanging on the windows and hanging on the doors while they spin around. And it's really dangerous. And and they're dealing with that. And then there was a case we were talking at Starbucks. Well, two things happened at Starbucks yesterday, which is which two weird stories. Go on. One is we were there was a, a, ga, a local gas station owner said that a van pulled into the gas station and they were watching the guy in the van, and he never got out of the van, and he sat there for like 20 minutes and then finally drove off. And he said this happened like three or four times in a row with the same guy coming every night for 20 minutes, parking his van and then leaving. Right. And they realized when they were doing their inventory that they were down like <laughs> 3,000 gallons of gas. <laughs> and what they what they what what it then what then occurred to them is that this guy was pulling up to the gas pump and he was parking over the area, you know, at, at, a, at a petrol station in, in, in Britain, you know, where they, where the, 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 the tankers come and they, and they yeah, got you. put the hoses into the ground and they fill yep. up the wells underneath the pump. Yep. Well, they say that this guy probably had experience in the, in the oil and gas industry and he had a <laughs> hole, he had a hole cut out of the bottom of his van 
So he'd parked there and then he'd, he'd uh, uncovered the, the hole that he had created in the van and had a siphoning device and was able to unlock the cap where they, where the tankers put the hoses in. Yeah. And they were siphoning out 3,000 gall- gallons a night for five nights. They took 15,000 gallons of gas out of this guy's station before they realized what was going on. Oh, great. That's how, that's how crazy this is. And then right after, you know, we were talking about that, that, that news item that we had heard about this, which, which was just absolutely, I mean, how do you not detect that and then at yeah. least call the police to, sur- you know, have surveillance on it? Cause he kept coming back night after night. This woman walks up to us, this random woman comes up to our, to our table and says, I have a question for you. If you owned stock in Standard Oil and Chevron, are you familiar with that? You're familiar uh, we with are, We have Chevron. Uh, okay. Uh, over here. So if you, if, if you own shares of, of in, in Standard Oil and you know, and you, you had heard that Standard Oil it was working with the U.S. government to now start um, working with the country of Venezuela to get our oil and gas. Would you would you sell their stock? And first of all, that's, I thought that was you know kind of rather a personal question, and I'm not going to talk to anybody about any stock holdings that I have. And quite honestly, I don't even know if I own shares of Standard Oil in in my retirement portfolio or my t- retirement accounts. So to, so I just pled you know ignorance on that one. But you know the more you start, I started thinking about the question, and everybody at the table was thinking about the question. Now, would you would you support the U.S. buying oil from a Latin American country with a dictator no better than Putin? <laughs> You know, or, you know, you know, why, you know, so like, would you sell, would you sell your shares of stock in Standard Oil as a result of that? And I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that's, it's, I mean, it's an interesting question. You were cutting off gas and oil from, from, from Russia. But not to from South part America. of the sanctions. And now you're going to go and you're going to engage with a dictator in Venezuela who's starved his people, who, has created human rights violations, but you're going to ask him for oil and gas. So I, you know, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. I mean, like, Andrew, what would you do? <laughs> let's say hypothetically you own stock and let's say we, I don't, I don't know if I do or I don't, but if I, if I did, that's an interesting question to ponder. I mean, um, if, if standard oil is contributing um, profits to my, Stock portfolio to help me in retirement is do I feel more strongly about sending a message to uh, a dictator who, who, you know, treats, you know, um, human rights so lightly? Um, or do I say, you know, my voice isn't, you know, one, what, you know, what, what's one guy with, you know, 50 shares of Chevron stock? What, what impact can I make? You know, how many other people out there are going to do the same thing? So does my voice really carry? And I just say the heck with it. I, I, I don't sell it because it's, you know, hey, you know, Chevron's making money for me. <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting question. On, I mean, it's um, BBC. well, there's a wonderful program on the BBC, which you may be able to get in the United States called The Moral Maze. Uh, Michael Burke, an old friend and colleague of mine, uh, presents it. Um, 
And in fact, he was the one who did a lot of reporting way, way back, which actually triggered um, the response to um, the um, Feed the World uh, and all of the that, that which which came out, what, 20, 25 years ago. But it it is very difficult in this hyper joined up, hyper global world to to sort the wheat from the chaff, if you like. Back in the day, you could probably say, yes, I'm going to stop that stock and buy that stock. But because you never know with all these shell companies, sorry to use that word because that's another petrol company, but the companies in the Cayman Islands, you're never yeah. sure who owns absolutely what. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the problems they're finding. We're trying to trace Russian oligarch money as, as to where it's hidden. Um, <laughs> right. we, we are in such, such a tied up world, an electronically um, interwoven world. Um, it's... What do you do? How far do you go? I mean, I'm, I'm, we're broadcasting on equipment which I'm sure was made um, all over the world. Some of it, you and I would be saying, oh, I don't know whether I, I agree with the sorts of work principles behind uh, the way this was manufactured. But we we have to make some choices, I think. And we have to make some choices which say, for the greater good, we have to do X whilst we trust that other people are able to do Y, which is a counterpoint to it. And I don't know that that's a proper answer. And in fact, we're running out of time on today's broadcast. Yeah, I, mean, not, I don't right. know the answer. I mean, if, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you needed the money and you knew you didn't have a platform or a voice to make a difference in a way, which really you, you need these days, you need to have a platform and a voice. You need to be a celebrity or an athlete that you know, can reach, you know, thousands of people yeah. so that everybody says, okay, let's boycott this company. And, and if we all sell our stock, it'll, it'll, it'll hurt them. But, you know, I, I don't know how you hurt a big oil company, you know, if it's just a, a, an individual citizen who's just so, you know, excuse my language, but it's off, you know, I'm going to sell my 50 shares. I mean, so who are you really hurting? You're hurting yourself because if, if, if that stock is helping you, you live and put food on your table. I mean, you know, who are you who are you really hurting at the end of the day? I mean, the oil company could care less if you sell their 50 shares of stock. Right. And then you end up you end up hurting yourself because now you're you, you've eliminated an income source that puts food on the table or pays your rent. So it's a tough it's a tough question. And it's a real moral dilemma that. And, and if this woman was thinking about it, you know, maybe others out there are. But. Um, I, it was like, you know, it was one that I spent most of the day thinking about. I and, I don't, and I don't know what the answer is. And that's where, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it. But maybe we just say, look, that's the nature of the world in which we live. And maybe that's what we have to learn to be able to live with, reconcile. But eventually, maybe we will be able to do something about it. But at the moment, with so much going on, um, <clears throat> survival is probably the best we can do. Bruce, as ever, stimulating to chat to you. Thank you so much indeed for being up so early today and being so enthused. You're probably going to go back to bed today, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, down. I have a big day here today. Now I have to, you know, now that I'm up, I watched the speech. We've had our chat, which is a great way for me to start the morning here. Now I will go and um, do my, my exercise program on the elliptical for half an hour. And then I'm meeting a friend to walk Duke for about a half an hour. Then I'll go grab a Starbucks drink. And then I have a lunch appointment this afternoon. So I, 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 just a, a crazy, crazy day today. 
It's going to be wonderful to catch up with you next oh, week. Oh, happy St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. For indeed, all the- indeed, <laughs> on the 17th, I think it is. Yep, it's going to be, yes, um, and no doubt there'll be pints raised around the world. We'll all, be, we'll all be wearing our green in honor of uh, the, of St. Patrick, and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll be visiting some of the Irish uh, establishments or in, in the neighborhood for, for and, some. And, for and some no doubt some rogues some will be putting putting green dye in fountains, which I understand is often done in certain places. But well, in, Chicago, in Chicago, that, yeah, Chicago, they dye the river green. I know, I know. It's, you just think, what? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Bruce K. Rosenman, thank you so much indeed for being with us on this week's edition of American Cousins. Thank you for joining us here on Siren. You got it, Andrew. Talk to you next week. <laughs>